0: Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 44, and going through chapter 11, and verse 18, these are God's words. While Peter Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water, that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit as we have, just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. Now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision and an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now This was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose name is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household Will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. This ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So we begin hearing this passage uh, preached on the last Lord's Day, recognizing that Jesus' saving from heaven is signified by the sign that he has given us on earth. And we looked at Matthew 28, which we will uh, do again briefly just now. And starting in verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted it. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. As you go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. Of the age. And so they were doubting, but Jesus tells them that not only is he risen from the dead, but he has been given all authority in heaven. So when he ascends to heaven, he doesn't ascend to be part of the lower ranks, or the middle ranks, or the higher ranks, but he ascends even now in his humanity to have that place that is his by right, and that he has. In his divinity, all authority in heaven has been given to him. And what is he going to do on earth with this authority that he has? If he has all authority in heaven, then of course he has all authority on earth. But what is it that he wants to be done with his authority on earth? He wants and what he is going to do is to make disciples not just from one nation, but from all the nations. And his way of doing that is going to be by sending men that he has chosen to speak the good news about Jesus dying for sinners and rising again with power, being God from all eternity who has become a man in order to save us by his death and resurrection. And as he sends them out, he is going to attend them with his power. And there are two things that they must do with everyone whom he adds to his church by his ministry that he has ordained. Mm-hmm. The first thing is to baptize them. And the second then thing is to teach them to keep all that he has commanded. And so in the first place, uh, baptizing them demonstrates that it is Jesus from heaven by his power. How do we know that? Because baptism by water, which John had done on earth and said there was someone coming who had baptized with the Holy Spirit, is what Jesus does from heaven with the Holy Spirit. And that's the great baptism that takes place here. Uh, When he says uh, in verse 15 of our passage, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them when Peter says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so when it says in verse 44 of chapter 10, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And when it says in verse 45, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles. Uh, And then when he says again uh, in verse 14 of chapter 11, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Peter is saying he recognized this pouring of the Holy Spirit, this falling of the Holy Spirit as that baptism that Jesus promised that he would give of his Holy Spirit. Not now with water as the element, but with the holy spirit if we can say this reverently as the element of the true and great christian baptism that the reason we baptize with water on earth is because jesus baptizes with water from he- or with sorry with the spirit from heaven now he commands us whoever is added to the church that we baptize with water but he is the one who in his time pours out the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit falls upon and dwells in the one to whom the Lord Jesus gives him. And so we see not only that Christ's salvation is signified, but that Christ's salvation must be submitted to. The church submits to his salvation by applying the sign that he commands and uh, teaching the scriptures as he commands. Uh, and so there's the baptizing them in the name of the triune God, and there is teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Uh, and so all those who uh, who are added to the church, they must be baptized and they must be taught. If we withhold the water, we would stand against God. It's important to note that verse 17 is talking about something that is actually after what the Judaizers are complaining about. In verse 2, when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him saying, You went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter has already told them that he and the six others who were with him had entered the man's house. Uh, And they had also uh, lodged the the man back in Joppa at Simon the tanner's house. Uh, And so so his feeding them, eating with them in Joppa, and probably again uh, in Caesarea, and then his entering their house, Uh, in Caesarea, those things had already happened at the point that he's describing in verses 15 through 17. Uh, And what he uh, is implying then, when he says, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? Is that you guys should be more concerned with the fact that we baptized them. Than that we ate bread with them and that we entered their house because now they have been recognized as members of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ by their baptism. Uh, And therefore he even implies that um, not baptizing them would have been to withstand God uh, in Acts 11 verse 17. And that's why he says, can anyone forbid or withhold or refuse water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized. The the command here then applies both uh, to the church, which is required to give the baptism. And uh, to those who have been added by the Lord Jesus and uh, to those who must receive it, that they would submit to the baptism. Now, this is a command that is very similar to the command for circumcision. No one could be added to the church of the Lord under the administration of Abraham or the administration of Moses uh, without being circumcised. Uh, And that, of course, no male could be. Uh, And that, of course, included even the babies. This is why Jesus had to have godly parents. There were a number of things concerning God's law that were required to be done uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ in order for all righteousness to be fulfilled that actually weren't under his control. Part of his humiliation was being a baby. He couldn't present himself for or circumcise himself. He couldn't bring himself to the temple uh, at the... Uh, at the appointed time uh, as a firstborn son and um, and the redemption sacrifice and the um, be made uh for him there uh, he couldn't come uh to Jerusalem uh for feast uh, and so forth uh so uh, these are commands that must be kept by the church who applies the sign and teaches uh and preaches uh, all that the Lord Jesus says, and there are commands that must be submitted to by all who are in the church, that they submit not just to being baptized, but they, they also submit to being taught. Uh, and what are they submitting to uh, to be taught? Uh, well, everything. Uh, in Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul is saying his goodbye to the Ephesian elders And he says, you know, uh, how, uh, in what manner I always lived among you, verse 20 now, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. And then even more strongly in verse 26, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole Counsel of God and so the when the Lord adds someone to his church, whether by um, adult conversion or by baptism or by sorry, birth into a covenant family, there is the requirement of doing both of those things. You may not withhold baptism from them any more than you can withhold some part of the whole counsel of God from the teaching. And you may not withhold the whole counsel of God in the teaching from them or any part of it any more than you may withhold baptism from them. But the same or or similar is true for the one who has been added to the church that you must receive. And uh, and, uh, whether uh, as a baby who doesn't really have a say in the matter or if you have been added to the church later in life uh you um, uh, you must submit to yield to being baptized, or if the Lord adds your baby, you must yield unto the Lord that your baby would be baptized as joseph uh, and Mary did for the Lord Jesus with his circumcision, but you are just as much uh guilty if you uh if you don't yield to being taught as if you didn't yield to being baptized. So it's the church's job to to preach and to teach the whole counsel of God. And God says, or implies there in Acts chapter 20, that if the church is leaving something out in the preaching and teaching, that those who are in the leadership who have been called to that office of the preaching and the teaching and pastoring are guilty of the blood and that's not just physical death no he's using uh, a phrase that refers to death but it means spiritual everlasting body and soul death in the in suffering hell forever he says the church or the minister or the elder who leaves something out of the preaching and teaching is guilty of the blood of those who are entrusted to his care. But similarly for you who have been brought into the church, if the church is doing the preaching and the teaching and you are not receiving it, you will be guilty of your own blood. Uh, and so it is necessary, as Jesus says in the passage in Matthew, to not just to baptize those whom he adds to the church, but to teach them to keep all that he has commanded. And the first thing to keep, of course, is to recognize that it is Jesus who gives spiritual life. It is Jesus who gives his Holy Spirit. It is Jesus who gives faith in himself. It is Jesus who gives himself to that faith by the working of his spirit. It is Jesus who gives the washing of his blood in himself. For the forgiveness of his sins. It is Jesus that gives in himself his obedience and righteousness to be counted as yours. It is Jesus that by giving himself gives all of his life and his goodness to be the power by which you are transformed to be like him uh, and to become more and more good in the way you you think and respond and live uh, first and foremost before the face of God and in interaction with him and of course then in his world and with his creatures and especially the ones that are made in his image and even among those especially the ones whom he's gathered into his church that all of these things come from Jesus Christ through faith and therefore the first thing that you need to be taught to be commanded, if you're, uh, uh, that you are commanded to receive as teaching, uh, if you're going to receive the whole counsel of God, is to turn from your sin and to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, looking to him even to give you the faith by which you do so. And he will, and he does. Christ's salvation must be submitted to by the whole church, by Those who are already in the church, giving the baptizing, giving the teaching, and by those who are added to the church, yielding to be baptized and yielding to be taught. A parent who uh, understands that they are to yield and bring their child for baptism and does that, but then allows life to be full of other things and is often not at the preaching or the teaching, doesn't make use of it, doesn't lead their own, Uh, the father who doesn't lead his family in worship, taking the preaching and teaching of the whole council of God and the public ministry and leading it every day in his home and having the elders into his home uh, on a regular basis to reinforce it. The the father who doesn't do that uh, is just as much withholding what Jesus has commanded, as the one who does not baptize his child. And it's even worse, isn't it, I think, to take the sign uh, and uh, and use the sign, but then not uh, to attend upon that teaching, them to obey all that has been commanded. Well, his salvation is not just signified from heaven like we heard last week. His salvation is not just submitted to by all, in the church and over the church and being added to the church, uh, but his salvation is to be celebrated. When the Lord Jesus gives the sign on earth and displays that he is the one who gives the spirit from heaven, that he is the one who is saving by giving his spirit from heaven, we are to celebrate that he has come and accomplished our salvation, that he is the one who now by his spirit is applying our salvation. We are to celebrate his adding to the church. The, the portion of the passage that starts in chapter 11 begins with complaint. Those of the circumcision contended with him saying, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. And Peter concludes his explanation by saying, I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God. But the response to recognizing that it is Jesus who pours out the salvation from heaven is not just to tolerate those around us or even to welcome them and love them as our brothers and sisters, which we ought to do, and we should, and we do, and we rejoice over their coming among us. But we should, whenever we see a baptism, celebrate that the Lord Jesus is the one who is saving everyone in the church. We should celebrate that the Lord Jesus is the one who has added this one to the church. We should celebrate that the Lord Jesus is the one who has given now the teaching by which this one will be uh, brought to and grown in faith. Or perhaps they have already come to faith and uh, we celebrate that the Lord Jesus is the one who has brought them to faith. But what do they need? Well, they still need more faith. And he is the one who is going to give it to them. Uh, and so it's not just that his salvation is signified. It's not just that his salvation is submitted to, but it should be celebrated, and that's what they do. When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. They became silent, but they didn't remain silent. They silenced their complaints. Why? so that they could be noisy with their praise. They became silent and they glorified God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. So we see someone baptized. What do we do? First of all, we submit to the rest uh, of, uh, of what Christ requires. This one is now one who is owed the teaching of the whole council of god that 's one of the responses to to baptism by the church and you who have been baptized, how should you respond by receiving the teaching of the whole council of God, but we don't just submit to his salvation we, re- we uh, rejoice over his salvation. We glorify God. We praise him that he has added to the church. We praise him that he is the one who applies his redemption from heaven. We praise him that he grants repentance unto life. We praise him. Uh, And so, you see a baptism, we submit, and we praise. It's a time of rejoicing. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Um, for this portion of your word. Pray that you would help us to rejoice over the fact that you are the one who have granted reconciliation, who have gathered your church to yourself, that Christ is the King in heaven and over all the earth. And we pray that you would that you would make our hearts to be obedient to him, to do with the church and do with ourselves as part of the church, members of the church, as Jesus says to do, but that you would also make our hearts to adore him, to adore you in him, that we would be full of praise for your great salvation. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.